you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Right now on Fast, a long December, and it's not looking like this year will be any better than the last. Stocks ending. Is is that a reference? Yes. Uh, Stocks ending the week like the weather here in New York City. Wet, cold, and dreary. Is there any chance the market can heat up before calendar hits 2023? Plus, we're charting the road ahead for financials. The chart master here to sing the blues for investors who've been holding on to regional banks. And later, a buzzkill for Blackstone. The stock dropping in reports the SEC is looking into its nearly $70 billion breed fund, with shares down almost 18% this month. Our traders weigh in on BX's next move. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Fast Money. We're live at the NASDAQ market site on the desk tonight. Tim Seymour, Dan Nathan, Guy Dami, and Bono and Eisen. And we start off with a rough end to a rough week on Wall Street. Major indices all closing in the red for a third straight day. The S&P down more than a percent, bringing its losses since Monday to two full percentage points. This week's pain adding to the hurt we've already seen this month. Markets all on pace for their worst December since 2018. And a couple big name stocks have been hit particularly hard. Tesla dropping nearly a quarter of its value in just the last two weeks. Lululemon, United Airlines, Amazon and Apple all posting bigger losses than the rest of the markets. But do these pullbacks create an opportunity to get into these stocks or should you still steer clear in the new year? Let's take a look at some of these battleground stocks Mm. and how the traders are playing them. We start off with Amazon. That's down 9% this month, more than 20% this quarter. The stock is trading just 4% away from its pandemic lows. But this week, several Wall Street firms named the stock a top pick for 2023. Average price target on the stock is 50% higher than where it closed today. So what is next for Amazon? Tim, I go to you. Well, for Amazon at this point, we've marked to market their e-commerce business. We, we know that there's maybe some headwinds in AWS, and we certainly have talked recently about cloud being a competitive place. But I, I think you've reset a lot. I mean, to me, this was uh, a COVID winner. Um, the days go by so fast, I believe, if we're nice. still doing that. And, and if you think about it, it, it seems like just yesterday when, when this was the stock that everybody had to own. It's absolutely not. I think you've reset everything. I actually think that there's a free cash flow um, inflection coming for this company. And I think you've uh, some of the parts, whatever you want to do. I actually like Amazon here. I, I think this is a stock that's under-owned. J.P. Morgan came out today very bullish on Amazon, saying this is a compelling opportunity, Bono in. I don't know if you buy into that. They say, you know, they're able to push their own inventory as well as third party. They can toggle between the two. And also they've got a multi-year lead in cloud with AWS. So those are some reasons why. Those are also some reasons why exactly you might not want to be in Amazon in terms of the headwind to the consumer and the competition in cloud. Two sides of the coin. Uh, well said, Melissa. So, yes, I mean, I think you still, if you're looking at that, that four multiple, you're still looking at 60, 65 times. I think there's probably a little bit of room there. I do think they probably have much easier retail comps going forward, uh, which I think sets up positively. But I, I don't know if there's necessarily a rush, given what we're seeing from the market overall, given what we're hearing from the Fed. Given the price action that we've seen this week and over a longer period of time, the kind of rush in um, you know, for that cloud or any other enterprise-related situation, you, you have the consumer, you do have that cloud, which you do expect to give a bit more multiple premium. But as the Fed looks to right the labor market, I'm not sure you need to necessarily be jumping in front of that train quite yet. What do you think, Dan? 
Yeah, I, I mean, listen, you guys all laid out the fundamentals here, and really this is a stock that's traded off sentiment more than, let's say, valuation over the history of its, you know, you know, you know post, I guess, dot-com implosion 20 years ago. Just say this, you know, that, that um, COVID low in March 2020 was about 80 bucks. We're not yeah. that far from that. Um, and if you that. think about I, I think we hit that and we probably go through it. And I guess I, I'm just going to say this. We could probably move to the B block. I think all of these stocks, you can just wait. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just say that blanketed. Well, I'll just skip you for the next That's fine. No, but, but, but I, what I'm saying is, but this is a stock. <laughs> that I actually, like Doug Ameth at, at J.P. Morgan, he's a great analyst, and he's not yeah. thinking about what's going on in the next two or three months. He's talking about well, where's the stock going to be a year from now, and I actually really like it. I'd probably start dollar cost averaging at $80 in a name like this. This is a stock after it gapped down after those Q3 earnings. I bought. It had a nice run. I sold. I'm looking for another opportunity to do that again. But isn't this one of these stocks that, that has had that pullback? And so in terms of waiting, I mean, I, I, Apple's one you wait on. Amazon is one of these high multiple stocks that I think has been beaten up in a way that some of these others still have to go. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it, you don't have to rush into Amazon yeah. tomorrow. But yeah. I, I do think it's not the same as saying other big mega cap stocks. This stock's been destroyed. It's down 20% from pre-COVID levels, mm-hmm. unlike Apple, which is still up 60. Let's get to Apple. Mm. The one times market stalwart breaking below its November lows today, now just 3% away from its lows of June. Does the stock see a rebound in the new year? Guy Adami, hi. do you say hi? Well, I want to say hi to Adam Duritz, first of all. He's a huge, fast money fan. It's Tim Knows. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's incredible. Time. I mean, watch on Twitter, is. especially. Pardon me. Hello, Adam. Yeah, say hi. I mean, he's a huge fan. And I'll say this. I think Apple is a buy next year, but it's going to 125 first. And Tim's been talking about this for a while. It is still an expensive stock in this environment. If the broader market continues to sell off, Amazon, excuse me, Apple won't be immune from it. And that 125 level is a name, a number that we've been talking about for a while. That will put it into a much more reasonable valuation than where it's currently trading. Bono, when you think you, you wait till 125 or so? I mean, if I was going to wait on Amazon, I'm definitely waiting on Apple. I mean, Tim kind of laid it out, but you just haven't seen the same value destruction or price destruction, I should say, despite what the value proposition is. And so, honestly, of the large uh, large cap or mega cap tech names, this is probably the one that I am willing to wait the longest to find an entry point for. Hmm. You well, uh, first of all, you know, I've been saying 125 for a long time. Yeah. I don't think 125 is the level. Uh, this is a stock that rallied. It's lower? Well, I mean, a- a- Apple rallied. Almost 65 percent, excuse me, 85 percent from June 2019 uh, into that Feb 2020 level that everyone is earmarking, you know, this pre-COVID level. Then it went on to rally 180 percent. And as I mentioned, it's still up 65 percent. So you bought Apple even at the start of COVID or even pre-COVID at levels that I think had, had, had priced in this services business, this software model, this recurring revenue. It's not a hardware company. I agree. Uh, you know, a billion three installed base. We know it's hardware as a service. We know we're going to keep buying these phones but not at 24 times forward. And, and I just, you know, the structure of the market argument. Everything we yeah. say, and pe- people are all over me on Twitter, why do you hate Apple so much? I love Apple. I can't wait to buy the stock again. Um, I can't, the, the free cash flow, the buybacks, uh, the bond yields that they can then distribute cash on. Some of that stuff is yesteryear, but I think there's time to wait. These are not emotional conversations we're having here. It's not about liking a stock or liking a right. company or liking a product. It's about whether you like the valuation where it's trading right now. Well, it's funny, I love their products. And actually I could see a level at somewhere probably 
between not so far from where you guys are talking about where there's some fear, at least in the investor base, about what they think the future is going to bring for Apple. And we know that they executed very well in a difficult environment during the pandemic, and they probably did see some pull forward like a lot of other companies. But if we're talking about banning TikTok here in the U.S., don't think for a second that the Chinese are not going to retaliate about Apple's app store in China. I'm just telling you. So the China story is likely to change in an increased, um, you know, I guess, um, you know, aggravated environment between us and the Chinese on the economic front and then reshoring or bringing jobs away from China. That's going to be expensive. So that's going to hit these margins. These margins have been coming down in Apple for a bit. So to me, I think you have to wait in this one, too. Let's get to United now breaking down this week after announcing a massive order for Boeing Dreamliner Jets, a stock putting in its worst week since September. Tim had been bullish on the airlines. Still are? I, I think airline CEOs are the only ones that are saying anything good about their business. Now, you know, you have to wonder why any CEO would say anything at this point because it's time to kitchen sink it. But airlines went through this period. You know, Delta's balance sheet is the best in the business. And I listened to that investor day two days ago and I heard about free cash flow levels uh, and profitability that's going to double in 23. So, um, I, I, you know. I, I think airlines look very interesting here. I understand recessionary headwinds are going to have people traveling less. They're going to be traveling a whole lot more than they were. People are flying continentally. Uh, they are sitting in the front of the bus. They are going back to work, thank goodness. Uh, and I do think airlines, uh, the, the valuations for those that haven't inflated their, their debt profile are very interesting. I think UAL was a teenager at the height of COVID that March of 2020. I don't think it's trading there again. And I think you want to own this stock. Tim says it a lot. When things start from really bad, which I don't think we're there, but to start only sort of bad, and that's going to take place early next year, I think. So this stock valuation is not a concern. I don't think balance sheet necessarily is a concern, although Delta is probably better situated. But if you want to get ahead of these airlines, I think you do it mid-January, early February. All right, let's take a look at Lululemon, unable to recover from its earnings report last week. The stock is down for a second straight week, on pace for its worst month since May. Can the athleisure company stage a rebound in the new year? Now, remember, the chairwoman sold out of her position in Lulu because of the inventory levels that they just reported. Bonowin, where do you stand on Lulu? Well, they marketed these inventory builds as strategic, and I'm not really sure how strategic they were. Now, this company had a premium multiple, and it deserved one because they were able to keep price, raise and keep prices at levels when you were seeing promotions from a lot of other companies. And so with that said, when they finally see that situation turn, which they did with this inventory build, I think there's a lot of room between what you've seen from the other retailers and what you've seen from them in terms of price action. So I, until that gap starts to close, I, you know, I think I got to stay away from Lulu as well, unfortunately, going into Christmas. Look, we all like to look good in the gym, right, guy? So, I mean, I think people are going to uh, Why, continue. Why are you saying that, white right guy? He really means I like to look good at the gym. Right. But he doesn't and then he throws it at me, and now he's a good guy, I'm the bad guy. I've never worn Lululemon in my life. When I go to the gym, I will customize this Oxford shirt and tear the sleeves off There's and work down it. Lulu. And that's actually a fashion style. I you go to the gym? gym. Like, once in a while. It's, it's not obvious, Dan, but, yeah. you know, it's at least yeah. for some people. Yeah. I, I think you have a case here with Lulu at 30 times. We're going to get to a place as we get into next year. I do think there is some pressure. These athleisure trends are alive and well. This is. Uh, it, it, we're going to talk about Nike in the options action after this show, and Which I think you should stick around for that conversation. Wow. Because I, I think there's a lot of comparisons gotcha. between Nike and, and Lulu in terms of uh, discretionary, uh, cream of the crop, DTC, companies that you should pay a premium for. But do you need to pay it right now? Again, not one I need to chase. All right. We can't talk about December laggards without mentioning Tesla. Mm. Here's getting within four cents of the $150 level during the trading day. It's traded below that level in the after hours for the first time since November 2020. The stock has lost more than $760 billion in market cap this year alone. Dan, let me guess. 
you think the worst is not over? Well, I think the worst is not over for the story. Could the stock mm-hmm. pop sometime very soon and violently? Sure. I mean, Elon's been selling. He's been filing. He says he's been the biggest seller. So he's the guy who's been the CEO of the company. He's been, um, you know, one of the reasons why I think a lot of people invest in it. He's been selling. I think he sold close to $40 billion worth of stock over the last year. So to me, he either knows something or thing. The fact that he's actually swapping Tesla stock for Twitter right. stock just yeah. makes absolutely no sense. So could it rally? Sure. Is it investable right here? I don't really think so. And you just mentioned November 2020. You know, that's when Standard & Poor's announced that they were, I think it was mid-November, that they were going to add this stock to the 500 index. It doubled in the next month. It doubled. I mean, just think about that, right? And so here we are. I mean, I've been in the camp. Guy's been saying 150. I'm saying it's going to round trip to that 140. But when it overshoots, it has the potential to go down to 100 bucks. You know, we work for NBC. I mean, that's the NBC, NBC umbrella. Universal and I only mention that. What, what time? This is the holiday season, right? Ho, my ho, favorite ho. my favorite holiday Holes. movie is It's a Wonderful Life. And you say, oh, come on, please help me out here. Christmas Story. I, I like that one, too. And say Snow Miser, Heat Miser. I, I like that that's as well. It's a year, it's a year without a Santa Claus, that's right? An anime, that's like a claymation or that's, something. What's wrong with that? Anyway, Rankin Bass. Anyway, but there's a scene in it where Jimmy Stewart says, Potter's not selling. He's buying. And he's trying to stop the run on the bank. Guess what, folks? Elon's not buying. He's selling. That's all you need to know, Melms. Potter. Deep. Yeah. Well, and and if you look at the chart and you look at where Elon has taken the stock, really from the moment he reasserted, I'm going to go in and buy the stock. And somewhere as we got into September, this stock's down 51 percent in 60 trading sessions. That tells you what you need to know. All right. Up next, blues in the bank sector. From Bank of America's brutal month to the rough ride for regionals, the Chartmaster is here to chart the course ahead. And later, a shipping rebound. FedEx reporting results next week. The stock bouncing back after its brutal September slide. So can it keep flying high? Stick around to find out. Fast Money will be right back. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. Regional banks hit hard again this week, putting themselves on pace for their worst month since March of 2020. The KRE ETF losing nearly 12 percent this month. And the chartmaster says there is not a lot of reason for hope in this sector. Let's bring in Carter Worth of Worth Charting for more. Carter, what are you looking at? 
It isn't great, and it isn't great at the large cap bank level, so-called uh, money center banks, if you will. Let's look at the charts and figure it out together. The first two charts are two panel charts. And what you see here, and this is sort of important, the top panel is the KRE moving higher. The bottom panel is relative performance, of course, to the entire financial sector as measured by the XLF. But that vertical orange line, that's the presidential election in 2016. Rates popped dramatically. We were trading it um, maybe, uh, what was it, sort of one, and we popped almost 100 basis points right after the election. I think we went from 1.3 to about 2.6, if you look at the summer low before the election to the Christmas of uh, that year. And yet, look at the relative performance. That was the peak. Regional banks got their lift, and they've been underperforming their sector ever since. Look at the next chart. We'll put some lines in. their arrows, just to annotate it even more. So you get that relative outperformance. You get an absolute pop. Even though regional banks keep going higher, they start faltering relative to other choices within the sector. So uh, take a look at a chart of uh, KRE itself. If that's not a topping out formation, then um, I don't know if they one exists. You have a break in trend. You have a well-defined formation. doesn't matter whether you call it a head and shoulders. And then um, finally, if you want, let's look at a comparative chart, not relative, but this is the real story of financials. Those bottom two laggards there, you see what they are. That's the BKX, money center, big banks, and KRE. Leading the way, of course, is S&P. Uh, this has just not been a good area. What now would make it a good area if and as we're going into a period of uh, sort of economic contraction or at least slow growth. Carter, thank you. We'll see you shortly on Options Action. Carter Braxton Worth of Worth Charting. Um, Guy, how are you yes. feeling about the... Regions? He's right. I mean, if you look at like a hundred in banks, for example, HBAN, which I think they're all, they're 50 stocks, all 2%, but that's 2.3% of the KRE. It's not traded well. I mean, it's gone from 16 to 13 and a half in about a week. These stocks are telling you something. I think it's a sort of a tell on where the consumer is. And look at American Express just anecdotally. That stock has not traded well now the last couple of weeks. Credit is going to be a concern. And if credit's concerned, these banks are not going to trade well. Credit and crypto. There's crypto, crypto. exposure in Signature Bank, which is a component, one of the top components of uh, KRE. Yeah, so that's weighing down that index right there. But let's just look at the Bank of America. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when uh, Moynihan, the CEO of Bank of America, was at that Goldman conference. And he seemed to change his tune a little bit, right? Remember, he and uh, Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan had kind of differing views of the economic climate back mid-year or so. And that stock has dropped 17% in a straight line since he spoke at that conference. And again, I just go back to what Guy just said. When you look at some of these names that are very exposed to lending and just the consumer in general, their underperformance right now at this point in the year is really troubling. Not allocating new capital to, to regional banks uh, and, and not even money center banks. I just think we've seen this in the market cycles and the phases where uh, banks were, were certainly sold first, questions later in terms of credit exposure. I think we've realized that right now the credit concerns, at least for, for the market at this stage, are not where we think they are. I think as we get into next year and we really see the slowdown in growth that we're all anticipating in some of these downgrades and revisions, I think you're going to start having this conversation with banks again. I don't think you need to chase them. I think the money center banks are a very different place. I think the balance sheets and even across the regionals like Citizens Financial trades really cheap. It's got a 4.5% dividend yield. Not a reason to go out and buy it. Yeah. Bonwin? 
Yeah, Capital One Financial is probably the one I'd stay away from the most here. I just think that these banks don't have the same levers that some of the larger uh, asset managers or, or money sending banks have, right? You're not getting that same fee structure. Even if deals are kind of drying up, you're not getting that fee structure. Really what you're kind of subject to is the consumer lending uh, and, and credit environment. And, and as we've all said, we kind of see that kind of taking a bit of a nosedive going into 2023. So that's likely why you see the weakness there. They simply don't have the out- upside that the other money centers have. Yep. Coming up, a Blackstone buzzkill. Shares of the asset manager dropping another 2.5% today. The latest headlines driving the stock and where it's going. You're watching Fast Money Live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Back right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Buzzkill on Blackstone. Shares down 2.5% today, losing almost $13 a share since Tuesday's intraday high. The stock dropping. On reports, the SEC is looking into the firm's near $70 billion real estate fund, Breit. The fund reaching withdrawal limits earlier this month for the first time in its history. Blackstone shares down nearly 20% in the past month, compared to a less than 3% drop in the S&P 500. This is one that we've been talking for a while in terms of what it might signal about the real estate sector, but for Blackstone itself, Guy, what do you think? I look at it and say, okay, S&C investigation, now's probably the time you buy the stock, because now you think about the news that's come down the pike. And listen, I said it a couple weeks ago, I'll say it again. When we had Jay-Z on, not that one. Joe Zeidel. Dan called him out on it in terms of where real estate was headed. He was right, and the stock's been effectively cut in half. But now you look at Blackstone, that's an extraordinarily viable business, especially in this environment. So, yes, I understand under the microscope for this, but it's such a small part of their business. I think you're getting it at a discount right here. Well, and they... they Blackstone held it once the other day. John Gray got out there. He, he wanted to make it very clear we have $180 billion in dry powder. There's, there's, there's absolutely no, uh, liquidity. no liquidity issue here at all. And he's right. And, and, and meanwhile, Breit is up over 9% year to date, uh, even in an environment that's been really tough by rates. But um, I think that the, the retail investor that has been just plowing money uh, into products, not just Blackstones, but every, you know, you, you go around and, and we've, we've talked about the other players that are in this space. That, that concerns me. I, I just think you've got a case here. Uh, but I, again, I don't think there's a fire here. And I would agree that if you're selling this name on the headlines you've seen over the last couple of days, you're missing the story. By the way, this is a Bloomberg report. And they also said the SEC is looking into the Starwood product as well. So yeah. it's not just Blackstone. Yeah. Yeah. No liquidity issues um, and high marks. Um, not, not a great combination in, in the market that we're in here. And I, I'll just say this when we were talking about it a couple weeks ago, we had David Favor on the show. And we were talking, I mean, listen, it's not an indictment of the product that Gates is like, kind of built into it. I would just say that the really strong likelihood that this stock round trips to its pre pandemic highs, that would be near 65 bucks. Yeah. Bonowin, your thoughts? I think real estate and real estate adjacent has really taken a beating, and, and, and rightfully so. Like, you're going to see weakness in that area. As Guy had mentioned, though, you know, this headline, I think, given what we've seen from FTX and, and a whole host of others, anytime you're seeing an investigation, you're, it's just panic selling, right? You're, you're selling, and then you're asking the questions later. And I think that in and of itself is probably self contained, and I don't think that's a reason to take the stock lower. All right. It's time for the final trade on this. Stop rainy, it. What? Is that time already? It's a Friday oh, show. Oh, Fridays now. go by like half-hour show fun. goes by quick. Days as a go blink. by so fast. Yeah. Quick yeah. as a blink. Um, time for the final trade. Bono in. I'm not advocating that you rush into retail, but I do think if you want to own something in that space, Target probably gives you uh, relative outperformance. Tim Seymour. 
Stick around for options action. I'll be on the desk. I'm you psyched to be, be sitting next Thank to you. you and, and we're going to talk about emerging markets, but within emerging markets, you have Brazil. And Brazil and the EWZ has really underperformed here. I think it's a case where it's not just about the dollar strength is behind us, but I do think you've priced in a lot of bad politics. And I think you've priced in uh, a couple uh, resource names to the downside that I think there's upside in. Brazil. Man, you're, you're, you're glaring yeah, well, here's at me. A, like. Upside target in this guy's age. He turns, I don't know what he turns, but it's on Sunday. we got to give this guy a special, a, a special Already. birthday wish. Guy Adami, deck 18. How about me that, and Brad buddy? Pitt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same age? He says the same thing. Same it, age? It, it, yeah, yes, same day. Wow. Wise guy. Yeah. Uh, seller XLE. I'm a seller XLE. Happy birthday. Uh, Mel, what do you think about that Rodon contract last night? I mean, I know the Yankees had to do something. Were you happy they gave desperate. seven years? No. I think no, Tim, it's not desperate when you get I'm probably not, the I'm best left hand. I'm should answer the question. I'm sorry. Not happy. Desperate? You're not happy about it. Not happy. Now, there's still, there's still work to be done in the Bronx. But, you know, as Yankee fans, we understand that. We don't make rush judgments. We don't sign Andrew Benatendi for five years, no. as Tim would probably do. Anyway. But what you should do is buy Lockheed Martin. That thing's going higher, sister. <laughs> That does it for us here on Fast. Happy birthday in advance to Guy Adami, who turns 10 on Sunday. (laughs) Options Action is up next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.